Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information, head to calvarystgeorges.org. Very warm welcome to you to Calvary Church, part of the Parish of Calvary St. George's today. It is great to have you, and uh, we are in the final Sunday of Easter. Uh, during this season of Easter, one of the things that we reflect upon is, and rightly so, is celebrate the fact that Christ is risen from the dead. His victory over the death, over, over sin, death, and the devil, and his resurrection, and on Thursday we celebrated his ascension, and there are in the prayers a lot of themes of Christus Victoris, which is absolutely true. However, uh, that word... Um, Uh, can't be the only word all the time, or what happens is is that Christianity doesn't speak to existentially where we're at and how we live our lives. Uh, The great theologian Dr. Stephen Hines once said, and it's an important truth in his book, The Christian Life, Crown or Glory, while Jesus has had his Easter morning, we are still awaiting ours. St. Peter was writing to a church who had heard the good news of Jesus' resurrection. They had heard the good news of that Easter morning and the truth of it, but were not experiencing the victory themselves. They had been severed from their families because of Jesus. They were now looked at with suspicion and actually persecution by their government and local towns. Embracing the Christian message, the Christian faith had actually made their life a whole lot worse. And many were actually considering abandoning the gospel altogether, throwing in the towel on the whole thing. And so St. Peter pins this letter, this first letter, and it is a letter that is written from a pastor to his church. It doesn't have um, tons of theological content like you would find in St. Paul's epistles, but St. Peter's epistle is a pastoral epistle. And what he does, especially in our reading today, is he illustrates the source of suffering and how and why we as Christians can face it. And that's what I'd like to talk about a little bit today. St. Peter writes in our reading today something very powerful. He says, be of sober spirit, be alert, Your adversary, the devil, prowls like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. It's interesting that this is the description used by St. Peter in the epistle today. I think oftentimes the prominent biblical illustration of the devil, uh, mainly from Genesis 3, is that of the serpent. He was the craftiest of all of God's creation. It's subtle. And it's true, one of the hardest things about suffering is that you never saw it coming. It's very subtle. And like a snake latches right onto your ankle before you knew it was happening. Just think about what happened in Manchester, England this last week. Everybody went to see, you know, Adriana Grande. What could possibly go wrong? And then boom, a huge explosion. Like a snake in the grass, they never saw it coming. However... Have you ever seen a lion roar in person? I haven't. I live in New York City, too. But uh, (laughs) I did hear once about a family that went on safari, and their jeep, while they were on safari, their jeep was encircled by a pride of lions, and one of them roared. And despite the safety of the Land Rover, in that moment, they were all terrified. 
I was reading an interview of a Coptic Christian woman who had lost a cousin on Palm Sunday in the Alexandria bombing and then just on Friday lost her niece as she was on her pilgrimage and gunned down by Islamic extremists. And in the interview, this woman cried out and she said, I don't know how much more of this I can take. This is what St. Peter is illustrating here when he uses the word lion as a descriptor of the devil. He is describing something that is so overwhelming, so overpowering in nature, that the suffering it causes can literally shake your faith to its core. And you notice, as St. Peter says, he says the devil's job is not to scratch you or just to wound you, but the devil's job is to devour you. This conveys, an, this conveys an idea of being extinguished, disappeared. I mean, when I think of the word devour, I think of getting a bacon, egg, and cheese from J. East Deli that are so delicious, and I eat it up, and it is completely gone. There is no existence of it. I even eat the melted cheese in the wrap. It's completely gone. But what he's talking about is something that will completely destroy, gobble up your life and faith. And many of us have gone through those trials and temptations. Many of us here are going through it right now. But this is my first point. The hardest thing about suffering is that it can overwhelm you. And if it hasn't happened to you, just wait, it's coming. But it can overwhelm you and your faith with fear and anxiety and pain. It can cause you to ask the question, does God care? You know, can he help? Does he even exist? And this is what happens when we deny suffering. This is typically, there's two reactions when we encounter suffering. We deny it. We're like, oh, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. At least it's not Syria. And that's to downplay what you're really going through in life. That's to downplay the splits that oftentimes occur and block ourselves from the balm of Gilead, the power of the gospel message to speak to our wounds. And then there's the other response when it's so overwhelming to deny God's existence at all. And this is why when you read St. Peter's epistle, the first epistle as a whole, you begin to understand that it is wrong to simply say that the devil alone is the source of suffering. One of the greatest pastors I know um, once told a story about, uh, and he is one of the most amazing pastors because of the hard knocks of life. And he tells this story about when he was a young priest, he was called to the home of a family who had just lost their daughter in a swimming pool accident. And the priest walked into this home with all of this grief, in the midst of horrible suffering, and he said to the father, I want you to know that this is not God's will. To which the father looked straight at him and said, Why are you taking away my only hope? God is aware of suffering. And if God is sovereign, he knows it's coming. Earlier in this epistle, in the fourth chapter, which is part of our reading today, and in the first chapter, St. Peter reminds the church that in the midst of our suffering, God is in total control. And that to suffer, especially in regards to the Christian faith, or to respond to the suffering that comes our way in faith, is to bear the mark of Christ and therefore rejoice in it. Because there is no Christus Victorus. 
without a suffering and emptied Christ dead on a cross for you. And as Jesus says in Matthew 10, he says, if they do this to the master, how much more so to the servants? St. Peter reminds us that suffering becomes a way in which God actually, he uses it to hone and conform us into his image. Because what suffering oftentimes reveals is our creatureliness. And that we cannot simply rely upon ourselves, but we need to throw ourselves under the mercy and grace of God. Notice how St. Peter puts it in our reading today. He says, humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that he may exalt you in due time and cast all your anxiety on him. That was written for me. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Now, this doesn't mean we're masochists. You know, this doesn't mean we go out and we look for suffering. This doesn't mean that we go out and pick people until the suffering is brought on us. I mean, some of this talk you hear in certain Christian circles in this country about how they're being persecuted is nothing short of nonsense. I remember when I was in chapel, and we used to have a period in morning prayer in chapel when we'd have extemporaneous prayers. There was a well-meaning person who would always pray every Sunday, Lord, prune us. Lord, send your refining fire down upon us. Lord, prune us. And we were being visited by a great mentor of mine, Fitzsimmons Allison, who stood up in the middle of those extemporaneous prayers and said, Would somebody stop it? Who's praying for that? Stop it. If trees could talk. You know, and, and it is true. We don't go looking for suffering. But suffering will find you. But when it comes, or as you're going through it, Never forget God is in control of all things. And as St. Peter writes, he cares for you. When you suffer, as opposed to devouring you, God has a different plan. And this is my second point, where the devil's desire is to devour you and overwhelm you. Never forget that in the midst of that, God is in control. God is sovereign even over your suffering and your pain. And as Jesus says in Matthew 10, do not fear the one who can take your body, but fear that who can take your soul. Oftentimes through suffering, God's plan is to purify you, to make you holy, and to continue to conform you into the image of his Son. And so therefore, as Christians, our response to suffering is not to deny it, nor is it to throw in the towel, that's it, I'm done with this, as if God owed you something anyway. Rather, St. Peter tells us that the Christian response to suffering is to resist the devil, steadfast in your faith. Now, what St. Peter means here by your faith is not your subjective feelings, A better translation of this would be steadfast in the faith. You resist the devil. You are carried through suffering by faith as in the faith once delivered to the saints. The objective certain confession of our trust in Jesus Christ as the Son of God and our Savior. The faith 
that as in what we confess in the Nicene Creed, the faith that is given to us that says, you stand justified before God, not because of your current circumstances and what you see and experience, but on account of Jesus Christ and his righteousness alone given to you. The Russian dictator Vladimir Lenin He tried to get rid of Christianity out of Russia, purge it from Russia. But he finally concluded that Christianity is like a nail. The harder you drive it, the deeper it goes. And this is because your faith, the faith, rests upon, as St. Peter goes on to say, it rests upon the shoulders of the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ Jesus. And this is my third point. And I'll wrap up with this. How do we as Christians face suffering? How do we resist the devil? What does being steadfast in your faith actually look like? It looks like remembering that Jesus has suffered and died for you first. And his suffering and death saves you. Jesus was devoured by the devil for you. However, the good news of the gospel is he gave the devil indigestion and he rose from the dead on the third day. Jesus humbled himself for you, reaching down to you, joining his suffering life to you in order to exalt you to the right hand of God. And in your suffering you will be exalted for he has promised in his gospel that he will lift you up that he will restore, that he will support, that he will strengthen, and he will establish you. To him be power and dominion, as the old language says, forever and ever. Amen. Dominion means that the devil does not have the final word, but Christ in his resurrection does. And that he says, where I am, you will be with me also. So let me encourage you as you face your own trials and tribulations to take this promise. Grasp it in bread and wine today as we gather around this altar. Believe it. Be saved by it. Rest in it. Persevere with it. For it is all yours, free from the God of all grace. Amen. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast. Produced and recorded at the parish of Calvary St. George's, in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of the parish, you can make an online donation at calvarystgeorges.org slash giving. Thank you.